started here. Woo! Laugh, laugh. Well, don't forget if you uh, are not here and traveling, we have uh, SoundCloud and and record every week. And so SoundCloud.com, and you can find the Bible survey class on there. Mike, I got a little echo here. Well, okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. It's sounding better. All right. Maybe it's me. I'm going, hello, hello, hello. Someone told me I looked uh, good enough to do one or two things today. Uh, preach or be buried. So, uh, one or the other. Someone said, preach. All right. We had a wonderful time at the Perrymans. And Jim and Naomi were such uh, wonderful hosts. And uh, the best food you've ever put in your mouth. I mean, wonderful food. Had a, had a great time. And, uh, and boy, the singing. Man, that was some great singing and enjoyed that so very much. I uh, was thinking about all that happened that night. There was wonderful fellowship, great food. Um, thank you for the parking spot. Uh, Jim and Naomi had a sign out there that said, Reserve for Reverend Humphrey. So I had a parking spot. I want to pick up that sign, Jim, and bring it to church. <laughs> Planet. Hey, I'd pay money for it. I would. If I had a parking spot here, I'd pay for it so I wouldn't have to drive around and around. Also, uh, I don't see Kathy. She's not in here yet. Kathy? Alright. I see you shaking your head. Did you lose her? She's somewhere in the dark building. Well, I'm glad for that. Something wrong when you lose your wife, I tell you. That's right, that's right. Lost her church. We do have a lost and found. You know, speaking about that, I'll get back to Kathy in a moment, but you know, you cannot believe how many people call every single week and say, I lost an earring, have you seen it? <laughs> Now that disturbs me on a whole host of reasons. Alright, first of all, why would I want an earring? <laughs> Secondly, how in the world would I find it? You know, on what pew was it in? I mean, I don't go up and down looking for earrings, but all that happens all the time. Getting back to Kathy. Uh, Kathy uh, was just a phenomenal person at trapping and then rescuing a lizard at Jim and Naomi's. I saw her down on her hands and knees. I thought, what is she doing over there? I mean, I thought she was praying for JB, which, you know, you understand that. But she was reaching down to a hole, and she got this lizard and just threw it over her, her back. And, you know, the lizard got on its feet and just, you know, scampered off. I went over there and looked in the hole, and there was a dead mouse in there too. 
And I said, you know, the, the mouse didn't make it. God called him home. But, uh, but I'm glad the, the lizard made it. Anyway, Jim and Naomi, just a wonderful time. And, uh, and just thank you so much for that. Yeah. cover on if it had been you in there. <laughs> She'd have had me come over and say some words, alright? <laughs> some, somebody died one time at a church I was pastor of and they said, you know, uh, can preacher, can you come say some words? And I said, what kind of words? They said, good words, good words. <laughs> alright, well listen, we are in Philippians chapter 2 and uh, about a month ago, we had Senior Adult Day. And uh, I know that applies to some of you here. But we had Senior Adult Day. And uh, I used this text for my sermon that day. And the title of my sermon that day was An Attitude Adjustment. And that was Philippians chapter 2, verses 1-11. through 11. And so uh, today... I'm uh, not going to use the same title or outline, so I tried to do it different. And uh, we're going to talk about the ladder of joy. The ladder of joy. Ladders are funny things. When you climb one, you've got to be careful going up and coming down. Uh, was at a church one time and uh, it was getting dark in the sanctuary. I said, what's the problem? They said, well, no one wants to climb a ladder and put new light bulbs in. I said, go get a ladder. So man, I, I climbed up there and you know, had two deacons on both sides. They were on the ground. <laughs> They were scared to climb, but they were on the ground holding the ladder. And I uh, said, Preacher, get up there. And so I got up there and changed light bulbs. And, and uh, I didn't know that was in my job description, but I got it done. One other time, we had one of those... Um, it might have been a tornado, or at least a heavy wind came through and blew a steeple off a church. And so I got the, the building committee together and I said, uh, hey, we've got to order a new steeple. So we ordered a steeple and got it from the fiberglass company. They sent the steeple and came to the church and I said, well, we've got to get it up on top. I said, who's going to get in that bucket and go up there on top of that roof? They said, preacher, that, that's your job. <laughs> So, you know, these tractors that got the bucket, well, I got in this bucket and they brought me up there on top and I had one side and I think the youth minister had the other side. We walked out there and stabbed it and got it just perfect. A miracle. Miracle. But you know, climbing and ladders, they'll, they'll get you in trouble. Anytime you see a clown at a circus, I'm always thrilled when I see a clown with a ladder. They do funny things. They get it stuck on their neck. You know, they get their head in there and then they're trying to get the, the ladder off. And then I, I think about the Bible. Is there a ladder in the Bible? 
Jacob, right, Jacob's ladder. Remember the little kids? We are climbing Jacob's ladder. Right. Sounds a little different when sung in key. But anyway, Jacob's ladder. The dream ladder. I was watching the, the horse race yesterday, and you know, I, I thought one horse was going to win. Another horse came up there. Uh, you know, one that probably... Any, anybody bet money on the winning horse here today? <laughs> you wouldn't admit it anyway, would you? <laughs> but anyway, it was a long shot, I think. But you know, I've, I've heard of some horses before, you know, with, with the name Ladder in its name. Well, today we find a ladder in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. We're going to focus on 5 through 11, but let me do a little commentary work on verses 1 through 4. And uh, stay with me, this will be good for you, alright? Verse number 1, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion. Now, if you'll stop at verse 1, therefore goes back to chapter 1, verse 27. Paul is saying, because you are conducting your life worthy of the gospel. Therefore, because of that, we have encouragement in Christ. We have a consolation of love. There is this wonderful fellowship of the Spirit. And most of all, there is compassion and affection for one another. You know, we're living in a day and time where we have trouble showing affection. We have trouble being compassionate to one another. I was thinking about, uh, you know, how easy it is to be critical and how hard it is to build one another up. Paul says there is this affection and compassion that's a part of our life. Now, verse number 2, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Paul is saying in verse 2, we can have a complete joy. Not a partial joy, but we can have a full joy in our life when we have unity. Paul is saying to this church, you ought to stand as one person. I heard uh, Dr. Estep say last Monday night at Deacon's meeting, Bucky and I were talking about this, that the number one thing that the church needs to have in searching for a new pastor is unity. Unity, staying together, having oneness of spirit, that is the most important thing. Satan loves to divide and conquer. But Paul says there needs to be this unity that we have. Alright, verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, 
but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. And Paul is saying in verse number 3, and also down in verse 4, where he says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Paul is saying, there needs to be a selfless attitude in our lives. It is a concern for others that Paul is challenging here in, in our lives. Now, verse number 5 is the key to the book of Philippians. Verse number 5 is at the heart of what Paul says in Philippians. Have this mind or attitude in yourselves. What kind of attitude? Well, the one which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying that you and I need to have the mind of Christ, the attitude of Jesus. Now, if you can remember back a few weeks ago, when I preached on having an attitude adjustment, I said there are three ways to do that. Number one, we need to cultivate His compassion. Number two, consider His humility. And then number three, celebrate His exaltation. That was my outline back then. Alright, but today, we're going to look at 5 through 11 and talk about the ladder of joy. Now, as you look at 5 through 11, you find Jesus descending down from heaven to earth. And then you also find Him ascending from earth back to heaven. He came down and He went back up. And you and I at times celebrate all the things about the life of Jesus. His birth, His life, His resurrection, His ascension, his soon coming. But when we think about what Jesus did, there is nobody, nobody like Him. He is unique. Today, President Trump will make a speech about Islam. Well, somehow the world needs to understand that there's nobody like Jesus. Amen. He is not one of many. He is the one and only. He's not in competition for anything. He's not running for anything. He is the one and only King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. That's who He is. Well, let's look at it. Alright, number one. Notice first. There's nobody like Him in His advent. Now, we find this in verses 5 through 8. Let's read 6 through 8. Who, although He existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied Himself, taking the form of a bond servant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know, the church celebrates Advent once a year. We do it at Christmas. But I tend to think in the Scripture, they would say we need to celebrate the birth of Christ more than once a year. Advent. word Advent means the coming. It means the coming of the Lord. Now, I love Christmas. I love talking about the birth of Jesus. I love Advent. I even like what they do over in the Methodist church where they have the Advent wreath. I love that. What disturbs me is when we get commercialized when it comes to Christmas. Kids know more about Santa Claus than they do about Jesus. Pam and I were talking about gifts the other day and we were talking about how much to spend on a gift. and I thought Pam was going too low. I said, honey, I said, we've had inflation since we were kids. <laughs> Price has gone up. You know, someone told me the other day that if you put a tooth under a pillow now, you can get $10. I want to start pulling my teeth. I mean... <laughs> Ten bucks. Man, when I was a kid, you got a quarter. Price has gone up. But when it comes to gifts at Christmas, the gift that outlasts them all is the gift of Jesus. His advent was humble. The language Paul uses is very expressive. Jesus became flesh and blood, a real man. Verse 7 says, He emptied Himself. In other words, the Creator of the world became part of the creation. Emptied Himself. Still deity. But as the New American Standard says, He laid aside his glory and privilege for you and I. There, there were two times though in the Lord's life when the glory just burst forth. Do you remember those times? Transfiguration and then the resurrection. He also took the form of a servant. Verse number 7 says, but emptied himself taking the form of a bond servant. And the word for bond servant there is a word for a handmaid, a doulos. Someone that, that is a, just an everyday, ordinary kind of servant. You know, we got a bunch of servants in our church. We call them deacons. The word deacon is that Greek word diakonia, it means to kick up dust. It means that, that you ought to be running so quick to serve that there's dust in your track. I was walking through the hospital the other day and you know, I'm, I just can't stand it. When you get about three or four people in front of you and they're blocking the hallway. You know, I wish I had like a, you know, a could carry a whistle or, or a little horn. Beep, beep. 
finally, I, I, you know, I was going this way and that way, trying to get around him, you know, and I, I got around him, and I, I was kind of mumbling as I went away, saying, "Boy, honey, you gotta get a faster speed. You gotta get a faster gear." I remember when I was a small kid, I'd, I'd sit over by my dad. My dad had a 1952 GMC pickup. And I'd sit over by dad, and when dad would push in the clutch, I'd move the gear shift up. It was up on the collar. And I remember my dad saying, Son, it's just like life. A lot of folks need a higher gear. You can only go so fast and low. You need a higher gear. Some of you younger people might, might not get that, alright? But you know, being a servant, that reminds us of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53, the suffering servant passage. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Well, also in verse number 7, we find that he's in the likeness of men. Now, think about that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, verse 26. When God made man, man was made in the likeness of who? Likeness of God. Well, here is Jesus being made in the likeness of men. Now what does that mean? It means that the Creator of the universe identified with us so much that He invaded time and space in a body. Jesus knew what it was like to have a sore throat, to have a hangnail, <laughs> to have a stubbed toe. He knew what it was like to live in a body. Well, also we find in verse number 8, that He became obedient to death. Death on a cross. Literally, a cross kind of death. We think about Jesus. We think about how holy He was. And how much He went through for you and I. In verse number 6, look back to verse 6. The Bible says there, he existed in the form of God. In other words, He did not think it was worthy for Him to hang on to that privilege. He gave up that right for you and I. Now here's the application for us. You've got the right to do a lot of things. You've got the privilege to do a lot of things. But when you and I set aside our right and privilege for the greater good of the body of Christ, we are just like Jesus. I've heard a lot of folks through the years say, well, I've got a right to do that. Yes, you do. But you've also got a right to lay that aside for the greater good. Alright, there's nobody like Jesus in His advent. He came down the ladder for you and I. 
Let's look at number two, all right? I've got to move on quick. Number two. There's nobody like him and his accomplishment. And that again is verse number eight. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. It would be one thing for Jesus to die for you and I. But He didn't just do that. He died the worst kind of death that you could die, the death of a cross. What kind of a death was that? It was the death of a convict. The death of a criminal. The pain of His accomplishment is seen. Acts chapter 3, verse 15. Jesus is called the Prince of Life. Here is the very Prince of Life giving up His life for you and I. The power of His accomplishment was redemption. I want you to look over in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans 5, verse 8. Romans 5, 8. I love to hear them pages turn. Romans 5 8. John, you got that? Read that for us. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, what a verse. That word demonstrate means to show off. Have you ever got something new and wanted to show it off? My. My sister and brother-in-law bought a new car and when we were out there, they, they wanted us to come by and see the new car. They wouldn't drive it out of the garage. <laughs> Afraid they'd get it dirty. But they said, come over and you can walk into the garage and see our new car. Now I'm ornery enough. You know what I did? I put my hand on it two or three times. <laughs> It's a red two-seater Fiat. And I, I put my hands on that red car and I, in my mind, I'm sure Cheryl ran back in with a little, little cloth just you know, clean my fingerprints off. We show things off that we're proud of. The Bible says that, that God showed His love off. God demonstrated His love. God showed out for you and I. God showed it off for you and I. God displayed His love in a trophy case for you and I. And that Jesus died for our sins. Man, the final price of His accomplishment is the blood of Calvary. Revelation chapter 5 verse 6 says, And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. You know, when we see Jesus in glory, we're going to see the scars on His hands. One commentator said something beautiful about that. He said the scars in the palms of His hands are His beauty marks. Oh, I love that. The beauty marks of the Lord. 
He paid the price that you and I could not pay. That's His accomplishment. Alright, third and last. Boy, y'all hung in there, alright? Third and last. There's nobody like Him in His advancement. Now, in 9 through 11, we find Jesus not coming down the ladder, but we find Him going back up the ladder. Alright, let's read it. 9 through 11. For this reason also, God highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When I was at Jim and Naomi's the other night, they have a beautiful staircase. comes from a balcony. Beautiful circular staircase. Those that were there remember that staircase. And I, in my mind, I could picture Jesus coming down from heaven, going around that staircase. And then after the cross and the resurrection, I could picture in my mind Him ascending back up. Well, He is exalted in His name. Verse number 9 says, the name which is above every name. That's the name Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, there's salvation in no other name. There's salvation in no other name but the name Jesus. He's also exalted in His claim. What's the claim that we find? Well, the claim is verse 11. Christ is Lord. The early first century, they were familiar with people having to say, Caesar is Lord. But the claim here is that Christ is Lord. And one day, every single knee, white knee, black knee, red knee, yellow knee, wounded knee, every knee is going to bow to Him. Every knee. And then every single tongue is going to say, Jesus is Lord. Those in hell, those in heaven, those on earth, Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, Tojo, Saddam, everybody is going to say Christ is Lord. I was trying to think something fitting to close this with today. And I thought about a wonderful hymn that talks about Jesus descending down the ladder, but then ascending back up the ladder. Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Well, then bliss got it right on verse 5. When He comes, our glorious King, all His ransomed ones to bring, then anew this song we'll sing. Hallelujah.
What a Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this wonderful passage today. God, I'm so glad that Jesus came down the ladder. But I'm glad He went back up. And that He reigns today as King and as Ruler of this universe. Father, He lives in my heart today. And one day, Father, He's coming again in clouds of glory. Every knee will bow to Him. Every tongue will confess to Him that He is Lord and Boss and that He's the King of the universe. Father, I pray until that day that we can live for Him and live that selfless, obedient life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful day.